Um, so how was your past week? It's one of the first questions, you know, everybody asks each other. So how was your week? And even this morning, I got asked that, and I asked a few people that, and saying, asking each other, okay, so how, how are you doing? How, how's your week been? And, and, you know, we often ask that question, and we, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing good, and maybe we aren't. Um, this past week, we had some friends whose uh, lives were pretty much turned upside down as they found out that he no longer had a job. You can imagine what that would do. Um, he'd been working for, there for five years and all of a sudden found out he no longer had work. And I mean, it can throw everybody for a huge loop when you're not expecting it in un- unforeseen times. Um, you know, we talk about, we've been talking lots about sleep and how, how kind of, what kind of rest do we get. And if you've got little ones, you know, under a certain age, sleep is hard to come by, right? Um, Michael and Charlene, you guys know that, a few others that have had kids, and even sometimes when the kids get older, it can still be hard to come by, as sometimes parents wrestle with this whole thing called sleep and being restful. Oftentimes, um, we can't control our sleeping patterns. Yes, we can go to bed at the same time, but that doesn't always mean we sleep well. The other night, Friday night, I went to bed, I was tired and went to bed, and I woke up two or three times in the night and was awake for a number of hours, prayed for, for many, many people, and didn't know why I couldn't sleep. But that was just, sometimes we can control sleep patterns and sometimes we can't. Maybe God was wanting, wanting me to get it, wake up early and pray or whatever. I don't know. I just, it was one of those things where I tried to go to sleep and couldn't sleep and we get all run into those things. I have another friend who um, has had great difficulty sleeping, and yes, he has been to doctors, many, many doctors, in all parts of the world. And he just, his body just can't sleep. And so he's tried all kinds of things, medications and ways and all kinds of, he's seen psychiatrists and psychologists and all that kind of stuff, wrestling through this implication of not being able to sleep. And that impacts then the rest of his day. It impacts how he works, his mental alertness and so on. As, as much as we can't sleep, there are also times when it comes when we don't necessarily want to sleep, but we find ourselves drifting into sleep, right? Things like at work, maybe, or in the car, when you're driving late at night or whenever, or in the, even in the middle of conversation with people, or even in church. I, I remember back in the day when, um, this is quite a few years ago, when pastors all sat on stage didn't matter if you were part of the service or not, or if you just did the announcements, whoever was involved in the service all sat on stage. And so everybody sat there. We had a big pulpit. I often prayed I got to sit behind the pulpit because if I did fall asleep, then nobody would see me, right? But there were times when I remember, I remember, I, I remember getting, having really struggled not to fall asleep. Sometimes it was because uh, maybe I'd been up late at night or the kids were up or sometimes I just chose to stay up later than I should have or didn't get the rest or, or had a youth event or whatever. There's all kinds of reasons. But I remember sitting there on, on the platform, grabbing my leg and pinching my leg so hard that I would stay awake. I did that many times, actually. Rest is more than just physical. It's, it is also emotional, mental, and spiritual. Rest is a complete thing that oftentimes we think, oh, if I just get enough sleep, I'll be rested. That's not always the case. 
You see, life can be very busy physically for us. But you know the funny thing is, as we have developed in technology, we've found all kinds of shortcuts to help us with our physical exertion, our physical exhaustion, right? We have things like dishwashers and washing machines and electric lawnmowers. We even have vacuums that move around the house where we don't even, we can just turn it on and, and forget it. So there's no, ex, no exertion necessary in our, in our world today. There's, I mean, we've limited it. And yet, at the same time, then we go out and we have to pay for a pass to a gymnasium or to, a, to some kind of workout place. Why? Because we don't get enough physical exercise. I don't know, you, you see, it's not just about the way we look at our life. Our life is so changed in the way we do things that sometimes we don't get enough physical exercise and therefore we're mentally and emotionally exhausted. Or sometimes our emotional and mental capabilities take more of our time and we have limited time to do physical exercise, but it needs to all be in balance. And as people, we often get out of balance. Last Sunday, we talked about rest about the Sabbath that was kind of given out by God right after he ended the last day after he finished creation. You know, he worked six days of creating, this, creating the place in which the environments in which we live, the moon, the stars, everything, and at the end of those days, he said it's, he stopped and rested. After the service, actually it was the next day, somebody made mention to me, they said to me, they, say, they, said, they mentioned something I hadn't even seen in the text. And they said in Genesis chapter 2, it says God rested from all his work. And then in verse 3, it says he rested from all the work of his creating. In other words, there was a certain part of stop, God stopped creating things. And it was that part of the rest that he stopped from. It doesn't mean he stopped doing absolutely everything, but he stopped this aspect of work of creating. And I think that was important. I, I found that incredibly helpful, even as I began thinking about my own life and even the, 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 the text that I'm going to be looking at in a few minutes. Because, you see, God instituted this aspect of Sabbath that was apart from the Jewish law. It was apart from all that. It was, it was for all, all time, for all creation, because it happened right at the very beginning. Oftentimes, we think of the Sabbath, most of the time, we think of it in the context of the Ten Commandments, and that's where we're going to look at one of those, one of those passages today, because there's a couple of places in the Scriptures where it lists ten things that God asks us to do. One is in Numbers, or one is in, uh, um, sorry, Exodus chapter 10, and the other is in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And there's, I mean, the Ten Commandments are mentioned elsewhere, but most of them are kind of outlined in those two passages, kind of as a list. And it's the passage in Deuteronomy 5 that I'd really like to look at today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, and we're going to just, we're going to look at a few of those verses, and, um, and just see the context of, of, of what, um, God is speaking through, how Moses recorded that as he was talking to the tribe of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12, Moses says this in his, in his, in his words to the, to the Jewish nation, the, the, the nation of Israel. He says, you know, this is again, this is number fourth, the fourth commandment. He says this, he says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. <clears throat> 
as the Lord your God has commanded you. That's how he starts it off. Actually, let me say this first about this passage. If you look at the length of passage, the amount of that's in the text, he goes from verses 12 all the way down to verse 15, is all on the fourth commandment. It's the most wordy of the Ten Commandments. Now, I thought about that. I thought, is it because it's the most important? I don't think it's the most important. But for whatever reason, both here and in Exodus 10, it takes almost 20% more words to describe what the Sabbath is than it does to explain any of the other Ten Commandments. The next one is 20% less words, at least. But he begins off by saying, Moses begins by reminding them, God said to us, keep it holy. The Sabbath day, keep it holy. What is holy? Well, holy just means that it's set apart. It's different than the other six days of the week. It's to be unique. It's not just another day. It's to be a unique day. Many, there's many people in our world that are discovering things about rest and about taking one day and setting it aside to be most unique. And so you, you can, if you do any kind of research on rest, you will find all kinds of websites that are, are, have nothing to do with the Bible or God, and they'll tell you, you know, you, you need to take that time aside. You need to pull it aside. It has to be a unique day where you just rest, and, and they talk about this. It's, it's different than the rest of the days of the week, and how important that is. We even talked last week in my message a bit about how the tennis stars even take those few seconds between the rallies just to stop and rest and restore themselves just in a few seconds and how that can make have a significant impact on the performance of their, of their, in their game. And if our world is beginning to discover and know and recognize the value of rest, we in the church who have heard God speaking to us, who have had this book described to us about rest, we, we should take heed of it. We should rediscover the beauty and the power and the purpose of rest in our lives. And so, as, as, as Moses says, make, make this day holy. Verses 13, 13 and 14 says this, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox or your donkey or any other animals, nor any foreigner residing in your town so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Notice there, the the, the next thing that I think, another aspect I picked up here is that this, and it's maybe obvious, is that we are to, excuse me, cease from working. It doesn't say um, on, on the seventh day to cease. In other words, there needs to be some kind of a rhythm to it. It doesn't say on the fourth day take a rest or doesn't say on the tenth day take a rest. It just says on the seventh day. So we, we don't want to make it legalistic. God, God's, I don't think, is trying to make this legalistic, but he's trying to make it rhythmic. He's trying to, you know, create a cycle. It doesn't have to be Saturday or Sunday or whatever day. But it should be a day within a seven-day period, seven period of time, give or take a few days. 
Now, granted, some of you work shift work, and I get that. I've been there, done that. I've worked shift work for over a year. Uh, back when I was coming out of college or when I was in college, I worked for all kinds of shift works. And some of those shift works were crazy. They were like, they were, you know, rotations of four and five weeks at a time. And, and those, those kind of rotations can be really crazy. They were 12-hour shifts. They do really strange things to your body, to your, your sleeping patterns and all those kinds of things. I, I understand that. And God's not trying to dictate that, but he's saying you need to understand. He says there is a place where we need rest and we need to understand the place of rest. Sometime within a five to seven day or five to ten day period, you need to have one day that you pull aside and you spend as rest. Stop doing the normal work you do for a living. The work by which you gain income. In other words, your main focus of your life at this time, you have to stop doing that. And that's difficult if your main focus is being a parent, being a mom, or being a, a, a dad. It's hard. How do you pull aside in the midst of that when you do so much work and effort in that way? Or if you're a student, that's the other thing. You need to put that day aside because that is your work. Your studies are your work. And that's hard when there's so much pressure to perform and to get the best marks. But that stepping aside and cease from working is this. It's about trusting God for your job, for your income, for your work, for your promotion. Trusting God for your life. The third thing I noticed here in this passage is that the Sabbath is actually not just cease from working, but it's rest. It's to cease working. And he notice he says there in, in, in that verse where he talks about a Sabbath to the Lord your God. That is what being holy is. It's not just a different day set apart, but it's a day set apart for God and for rest. It's not just about doing something different, but to make God a bigger part of that day than any other day. Because every other day, you know as well as I know that God gets a smaller portion of our time. But on, on the Sabbath day, whatever day we choose to rest, God says, I want to have more a part of that day. I don't want to be a part of the whole day. I don't want to take the whole day, but I want a bigger portion of it than normally you would give, it, give me any other day of the week. God said it's not all about him, but the spiritual aspect is important. And he wants us to recognize that. And so it might include different things. It might include things like worship, where we're uh, reading and reflecting and those kinds of things and listening. Worship can be all of those kind of things as well. It could be, um, you know, worship, some of us can do that. We can go, yeah, we can think about how to worship or we can, we can talk about how to reflect or, or read but sometimes to stop and listen, just, just to sit down and just be silent before God is sometimes extremely difficult. I don't know about you, but it is for me because I have a bazillion things that run through my mind. A few years ago, I picked up a, uh, an e-book, simple, I think it was like five bucks, and um, it's called Chair Time. Simply that. I can't remember the guy's name. Sutherland or something was his name. It was a great little thin book. Takes about 15 minutes to read. But basically what it said was this. Is you get your butt in a chair for 15 minutes and you sit there and you listen. 
and you just spend time with God. You do nothing else. And so the, the guy talked about how he tried, he tried to do that because it's so hard in a world where there's distractions 24, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's a bazillion things to do. And he talked about how there was all these things he had to do. And so what he, one of the things, little tips I remember him saying in the book was that he had a little piece of paper. Well, I don't know, maybe he had two pieces. One where he could jot down the thoughts that God gave to him, God's words to him. And the other was for all the things that he needs to think about later. Because you know what happens. You're thinking, you're sitting, okay, God, I'm going to, oh, right, the grass needs to be cut today or tomorrow. And then you're thinking about, well, when am I going to get that done? And how, and, you know, and the dishes and this, and this needs to be fixed and that needs to be done. Jot those things down, push it to the side, go back to thinking about God. It's about focusing on Him, hearing Him. Let God's word, let's God, let God's person speak into your, into your mind, into your heart, into your soul. And let, and let this part also, this, this book here, the Bible, let it be a part of your time. Let God speak through these words that he's given to us that we might reflect it, it might speak into us because it'll help us in our focusing as well. So it needs not just to be a, a day of, of, of doing something different, but it needs to be a day about him, and it needs to be a day about resting and just literally stepping back from the craziness of our world and resting. The fourth thing I noticed here is in, was in verse 14 where he says, he, you know, he talks about the Sabbath and how the Sabbath is about others. You notice that there where he talks about, you know, uh, you know, you shouldn't do any work, neither should your, and then he lists everybody, right? This is, you're to set the example. Even as God set the example, we saw that last week, now God is saying to you, as I have done, now you set the example. You set the example for your family, for your kids, for your slaves, I mean, I mean your employees, right? Even for your pets and your animals, I don't know if that goes because, you know, they used to use horses to ride and something. Maybe we have to let our cars have a rest. I don't know if that's it. Or maybe we need to let our computers have a rest because they're our, our slaves. Or maybe our, our smartphones, you know. But he says that this is about setting this whole time aside. And as I said before, that includes your children. Sometimes it's easy for us as the parents to think that, that schoolwork is not work. But we need to think of it as such because kids also need to recognize because if they don't recognize that they need to set apart their schoolwork from the one day of the week from the rest of the days of the week, then they're not, they, they won't do that with their work because to them that is their work. And that's hard because we want them as parents to succeed. We want them to succeed. But God says, wait a second here. How important is that really when it comes to spending time in rest and with me? I mean, he even talks about the foreigners that live, within, that live with you. In other words, that live around you. People that don't believe as you believe. People that think differently. God says, no, everyone needs rest. Everyone does. 
Not just the boss, not just the privileged, not the wealthy, not the leader. All need to find time for rest. Verse 15, Moses goes on to say, he says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The fifth thing we could see here in this text is that the Sabbath is tied to freedom gained from coming out of places of bondage. In their case, it was from out of Egypt. They were released from the work. They were forced to work in Egypt. They didn't have a choice as to whether or not they could choose to have a, a day off or not. They were forced to work all the time. And the, the interesting thing is, the Israelites kept going, oh yeah, I want to go back. Oh, God, let us go back to Egypt. Back to the leeks, to the garlics to the stability, to the food, to the houses. We want to go back. But what they forgot was it also meant going back to bondage. Working seven days a week. And Moses reminded them, don't go there. You were set free from bondage. You were set free from Egypt. You were set free from having forced to work seven days a week. You have the opportunity to choose. And I'm going to talk more about choice at the, at the end of my message, but this whole thing is once, oftentimes we feel like we can't choose or we don't have a choice, but God says we do because we are free in Him. There's always another way to deal with life where we don't need to go as crazy as we do. We are not in bondage. We're not in bondage to work. We're not in bondage to our jobs. We're not in bondage to school, to marks, to the future, to the past. God has set us free. Not to be lazy, but He set us free. So let's talk about how this is going to really, and now I'm sure your mind is already starting to wheel, reel, and you're starting to think up all the implications of what this means. Let me start off by saying this. There will be no two Sabbath days that look exactly the same for everybody in this room. You see, what somebody considers work for one is actually pleasure for another. And what is pleasure for someone else is absolutely the most horrendous, frustrating thing they could ever hope to imagine or do. I mean, last week I talked about uh, about construction, about building, and how I, God had allowed me an opportunity to spend some time with my, my, two of my sons and spend some time with them and do a renovation project where I got to get my hands dirty. Oh, it was so wonderful. But you know what? I'm thinking that, I don't know, I don't know how many people we have in the construction trade here. I don't think we have too many, but I know Gabe Buhiri is part of construction. He does con- renovations and so on. I, I'm sure that wouldn't be a day of rest for him. He would like something else to do that day than going and, you know, doing a renovation project. Because everyone does things differently. Everybody does things, everybody looks at their life differently. So think of rest in different areas because rest isn't, again, as I said at the beginning, isn't just about the physical. It's about spiritual, emotional, and mental. It's about all parts of our life. So I have a series of questions that I want to kind of reflect 
want you to think about. And, and, if, and you can follow them on the screen, or if you forget, you can go to, you know, to the, the Bible app on your phone and go into uh, events and look up the questions because they're all listed there as well, along with the passages and so on. But these are the, these are the questions. If you have a physically demanding job, then, find, then finding your rest will mean something less physical. That, that just kind of makes sense, doesn't it? But you need to think about what does your job entail? If it's physical, then find something that is not physical. Next question, if you have a relationally demanding job, then rest will be less connection with people. Or at least only with people who fill you up, right? Because, you know, we can, we can get, there are people that we get into relationship with, that we have relationships with that are incredibly draining, incredibly demanding, and exhausting. They don't ever fill us up. But there's other people that we could hang out with. Oh, man, they're just the joy. We'd love to get together and party with those people. And we walk away from those gatherings going, oh, that was so good. Tired, but so good. So restful on the inside. So relationally, think about that. In, in, on your job, is it relationally demanding? Do they require working with difficult people? Then you need to think of ways of not of not being around demanding people, but either being by yourself or being with people that fill you up. If you have an emotionally demanding job, there's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of pressure, a lot of, then you need to think things through. Where that, you need to find something that's not that. If it's in front of a screen, this isn't, this isn't out of the Bible, this is my own, okay? Because they didn't have screens back then. But if it's in front of a screen and is very sensory connected, then guess what? You need to pull back from that and spend less time in front of a screen or no time in front of a screen. And that's more important now than ever because a number of you, and I was talking to somebody before the service, they work from home. And, you know, they have meetings, it's on screen. And, and there's something different about meeting, having a meeting on screen than there is face-to-face. And so sometimes we just need to pull back from the sensory side of things and just need to push that back. If work causes you to think a lot, then, some, then you need to find something where you don't have to think or decide. That's right. You're probably starting to catch on. Think of what it is that you do, what your job is, and find other things that are almost the opposite of that because those things will more than likely build into your life. If you don't have a physical job, physical you may need to do as part of your Sabbath. If you don't have an emotionally demanding job, maybe you need to think of something that some way you can emotionally be engaged or mentally be engaged. If it's all physical, straight digging, digging trenches or those kinds of things, then maybe you need to find something that will, will engage you emotionally or mentally, stimulate you. But put space into your world so, that, so the demands of your week lie in the five to six days of the week and then on the seventh day that's different it's a holy day it's something different 
Find things that will put wind in your sails, that will put energy into your, your life, that will make you going, oh, I can hardly wait. Not just for Friday, because it's Friday, but because, God, I get to do some of these other things that I look forward to all the time. And maybe even save some of those things for the seventh day to make them special rather than trying to cram them in every day and then we don't get to enjoy them as much either. As I talked about, part of it is this, there's a spiritual aspect about it, and, and the spiritual aspect is an important part of, of what we do with our day. So, of that Sabbath day, that day we set apart. And so worship, spending time with God worshiping, isn't necessarily standing, you know, here in a, in a, in a room with, with a bunch of people singing. It might be listening to music. It might be going for a walk looking at the trees, at the skies, pushing back and seeing all that God has made and do as he did on the seventh day and say, wow, it is good, isn't it? Just be amazed at the intricacies of things around us. Or even push back from your, your, your life and look at, look at your relationships that you have with your children or your parents or whoever, the relationships God has brought into your life, the good ones, that is, and saying, God, Wow, I thank God for those people. Thanksgiving is a part of that as well. And you know when we do that, God will multiply our time. He will, he will multiply the time that we have because it puts wind in our sails like no, we could never expect. Some of your Sabbath, here's another little tip, should be unplanned. You see, we often think, well, i got to have everything all planned out. No, you don't have to have everything. That's the planner that says you have to have everything all planned out. And so pulling back and not having things planned on your Sabbath, on your day of rest, can be a good thing because it fights control. Because we want to be in control. we got to have every minute of every day lined up and all organized. And a Sabbath day is not about control. It's about rest. It should be fun, right? Sabbath should be fun. Now, when I grew up, this was kind of at the end of that era where, boy, you couldn't do anything fun on, on Sunday. Sunday was just like, no, you, just, you had to have a rest. And I remember for a while there, we, we, we were pretty strict, and so we all had to have, you know, the HHH happy, happy horizontal hour Sunday afternoon, mostly because mom and dad wanted to sleep, and they didn't want us disturbing them, so they sent us to our rooms, and we had to spend an hour in the room or whatever. Most of the time, we were just goofing around, and sometimes there was always the, on the, on the upstairs is mom and dad, because my room was in the basement, so they were thumping, because we were making too much noise, right, my brother and I. But... Fun has to be a part of the day as well. It has to put, again, it, that's because fun puts wind in our sails. It puts energy into our lives. And so think of things that make you happy and that you enjoy doing. Now, and we need to try different things. And sometimes trying some of these things, like even spending time with God, even spending 15 minutes in a chair alone with God, could almost be excruciating like running a 5K run when you can't even run around the run the block, right? It can be that exhausting at times, but sometimes some of those things, if we force ourselves into them, they may seem extremely hard, but it's, it's not about doing it as it is about making the choice and realizing, reaping the benefits of the choice. 
Now, I want to, conclu- I want to close this, the message this morning with a bit of a confession. Um, this morning when I was dialoguing with God about this aspect of rest and, and, and so on, and I said to God, I said to him, God, you know how I've been struggling with, or I've been working so hard at finding rest. God, I've been working so hard at it. I've been trying to do everything I can, and, you know, I've been working and working. And you know what God said to me, right? He said, well, excuse me, what, what have you been doing? I said, God, I've, I've been working. And then I stopped. I realized what God was saying to me. And I realized what I was doing. I was working, I was working so hard at resting rather than resting. You see, God was saying to me, you have to make it a choice. Make it a choice. Work at the choice, not your work. Making a choice to rest can be hard work, but it's the best choice. For one day in your week. And let it be that. And you may be like me. Stumbling and falling and feeling... Trust me, you know, they usually tell preachers that when they share stuff like this, you should have it kind of worked out in your own life somewhat so you can speak out of, out of, uh, out of strengths, out of experience, out of, you know, personal growth. Well, I'm not there. I'm struggling. I've, I've struggled with this aspect for so many decades of my life. So this is a journey we're going to take together. And we need to sharpen each other. We need to kind of help each other out and find out when your friend's Sabbath days are and and not bother them on those days. Or if you do, do something fun for them rather than give them another load of things for them to do. Because that's important in discovering that. We don't want to continue burdening each other with things that we should be rather than encouraging people in these ways. And, And this is something we need to do together. It's a way of learning. It's a way of growing together, of discovering this aspect of rest. Find those things that build rest into your life, into your mind, into your body, into your emotional side, to your relational side, into your soul side. Find those things and don't settle, well, you know, I'll take a half day, I'll take an hour, I'll take a morning. But six o'clock when the sun goes down, back at it again. No, no. It's not, legal, not about being legalistic about it. Because then we're kind of planning our rest day. But we need to step back and literally just make it a choice to rest. The last part of verse 15 where Moses says there, therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe. 
And when he means by observe, it's not just, oh yeah, I, I understand that, and then go off and do whatever we're doing. But the, the word observe there is actually means to understand it, to grasp it, to, under, to grab a hold of it, and to actually do something with it. In other words, to actually complete a day of rest, to do a day of rest, to rest, to do something. So that's my encouragement to you this morning or this afternoon or tomorrow whenever, whoever's, whenever people are watching this online is to pull back and to find those places of rest and to do it. You will be amazed at what it will do for your, the rest of your work week. You will find that you will serve and work out of a opportunity, out of, out of strength and not out of weakness. You will find you will operate out of energy instead of depletion. You will find it will change the way you look at so many different things, at relationships, the way you engage people, because you're doing what God asked you to do, to serve or to, to, to take a day of rest. Let's pray together. Lord, you know how personally I've struggled with this. And God, I've wrestled with it. I've, I've had so many conversations with you about it. I've had conversations with Vange about it. I've had conversations with friends about it. And God, I, I don't do a Sabbath day well. Sometimes I think I get close and then I stumble and fall. But, and God, I think so many of us do that because we live in a driven world where there's, it, we're, we're called to be on 24-7. And that if we have any time of, we take it off and spend any time in a day of rest, in a day of Sabbath, God, it feels like we're, 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 we're not doing, living up to our potential. But God, you've told us that it's the opposite, is when we take that day of rest and really take it and, and lean into it. Not legalistically, because God, sometimes that just does, there's just, our, our schedules are such that sometimes we get called for emergencies or whatever, and we have to jump in. But get God, somehow just help us to find those days where we hit even 75% or 80%. Let's take it one week at a time, God, and help us to find those, that, those days of rest one day, one week at a time. And God, may we see the benefits of it, and may we encourage each other in that as well as we journey together in this whole process of, of practicing the Sabbath. Not because, because, because it's good for us. Because it's good for our, our, our mental health, our spiritual health, our emotional health, our physical health. God, help us to find those days and to honor you with them. We pray in your name. Amen.